This is the Stanley Avenue Church of Christ. We're going to be going through Genesis chapters uh, 4 and 5, and actually the very beginning of chapter 6 in this session. The goal is to keep the sections um, uh, connected together as best we can, as the text does. So I do see that chapters 4 and 5 are definitely meant to go together. And I also see that the beginning of chapter 6 probably should be going with chapter 5 also. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through chapters 4 all the way through chapter 5, or chapter 6 rather, and verse 8. And so after we read the section, uh, some of these uh, texts are ones that we don't look at very much, and other parts of it we are looking at probably uh, more commonly. Uh, so on the parts that we do know a lot about, I'm just happy to you know keep on uh, keep on plowing through. Uh, we'll, we'll observe things mostly, though, that, that maybe we, we haven't thought of much before. So uh, we're going we're gonna to read through chapters 4, 5, and then the first, uh, what was that, 7, 8 verses of uh, chapter 6. We're going to do that all together, and then we're going to come back and make our, uh, our points from it. So in the transition between chapters, I may just have a quick pause as I reset and get ready for the next chapter. Starting here in Genesis chapter 4, I'm going to be reading from the NET Bible. Now the man was intimate with his wife Eve. She became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. Then she said, I have created a man just as the Lord did. She gave birth to his brother Abel. Abel took care of the flocks while Cain cultivated the ground. At the designated time, Cain brought forth some of the fruit of the ground for an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought some of the firstborn of this flock, even the fattest of them. And the Lord was pleased with Abel and his offering. But with Cain and his offering, he was not pleased. So Cain became very angry. His expression was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your expression downcast? Is it not true that if you do what is right, you will be fine? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It desires to dominate you, but you must subdue it. Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? And he replied, well, I don't know. Am I my brother's guardian? But the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. So now you are banished from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you try to cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its best for you. You will be a homeless wanderer on the earth. Then Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to endure. Look, you are driving me off the land today, and I must hide from your presence. I will be a homeless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, All right then, if anyone kills Cain, Cain will be avenged seven times as much. Then the Lord put a special mark on Cain so that no one who found him would strike him down. So Cain went out from the presence of the Lord, and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. 
Cain was intimate with his wife, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. He built a city, and he named the city after his son, Enoch. And to Enoch was born Erad, and Erad was the father of Mahujael. Mahujael was the father of Methushael, and Methushael was the father of Lamech. Lamech took two wives for himself. The name of the first was Adah, and the other was Zillah. Adah gave birth to Jabal, and he was the first of those who lived in tents and keep livestock. The name of his brother was Jubal, and he was the first of all who play the harp and the flute. Now Zillah also gave birth to Tubal-Cain, who heated metal and shaped all kinds of tools made of bronze and iron. The sister of Tubal-Cain was Naamah. Lamech said to his wives, Adah and Zillah, listen to me. You wives of Lamech, hear my words. I have killed a man for wounding me, a young man for hurting me. If Cain is avenged seven times as much, then Lamech seventy-seven times. And Adam was intimate with his wife again. and She gave birth to a son. She named him Seth, saying, God has given me another child in place of Abel, because Cain killed him. And a son was also born to Seth, whom he named Enosh. In the time, in that time, people began to worship the Lord. This is the record of the family line of Adam. When God created humankind, he made them in the likeness of God. He created them male and female. When he created them, he blessed them and named them humankind. When Adam lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness, according to his image, and named him Seth. The length of time Adam lived after he became the father of Seth was 800 years. During this time, he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Adam was 190, or it was 930 years, and then he died. When Seth had lived 105 years, he became the father of Enosh. Seth lived 807 years after he became the father of Enosh, and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Seth was 912 years, and then he died. When Enosh had lived 90 years, he became the father of Kenan. Enosh lived 815 years after he became the father of Kenan, and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Enosh was 905 years, and he died. When Kenan had lived 70 years, he became the father of Mahalalel. Kenan lived 840 years after he became the father of Mahalalel, and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Kenan was 910 years, and he died. When Mahalalel had lived 65 years, he became the father of Jared. Mahalalel lived 830 years after he became the father of Jared, and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Mahalalel was 895 years, and then he died. When Jared lived 162 years, he became the father of Enoch. Jared lived 800 years after he became the father of Enoch, and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Jared was 962 years, and then he died. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. 
After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God for 300 years, and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Enoch was 365 years. Enoch walked with God, and then he disappeared because God took him away. When Methuselah had lived 187 years, he became the father of Lamech. Methuselah lived 782 years after he became the father of Lamech, and he had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Methuselah was 969 years, and then he died. When Lamech had lived 182 years, he had a son. He named him Noah, saying, well, this one will bring us comfort from our labor and from the painful toil of our hands because of the ground that the Lord has cursed. Lamech lived 595 years after he became the father of Noah. He had other sons and daughters. The entire lifetime of Lamech was 777 years, and then he died. After Noah was 500 years old, he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth. When humankind began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humankind were beautiful. Thus they took wives for themselves of those they chose. So the Lord said, My spirit will not remain in humankind indefinitely, since they are mortal. They will remain only 100 more, or 120 more years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also after this, when the sons of God would sleep with the daughters of humankind who gave birth to their children, and they were mighty heroes of old, the famous men. But the Lord God saw that the wickedness of humankind had become great on the earth. Every inclination of thoughts on their mind was on evil all the time. The Lord regretted that he made humankind on the earth. He was highly offended. So the Lord said, I will wipe humankind whom I have created from the face of the earth, everything from humankind to animals, including the creatures that move on the ground and the birds of the air, for I regret that I have made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Alright, this is a lengthy section, isn't it? Um, but what I want us to see is the way that this is all supposed to fit together. We've got the story, of course, of Cain, which is duplicating in the next generation the same kinds of problems that Adam and Eve had exhibited. Uh, he uh, is, is not offering to God what he should offer, and he grows jealous uh, in a similar way, perhaps, that Satan had grown jealous and tried to dominate, um, tried to dominate humankind. Cain grew jealous of Abel and tried to dominate him. The blood of Abel cried out from the ground because he had killed him in a similar way. Jesus says that Satan is a murderer from the beginning. And so, uh, in a way, Cain here is following after the pattern of Satan. That Cain really does become a child of Satan in this process. And though he is casting down Abel and killing him, in the end, he is only able to bruise the head of of the the seed of woman here because a greater more powerful seed is produced who ends up being noah and noah shall or through noah and his righteousness 
God is going to preserve while crushing the offspring of Satan, as described in chapters 4 and the beginning of 6. So what I want us to see is that uh, chapters 4, 5, and 6 are setting up for the very first fulfillment of the Genesis 3 curse uh, to Satan. That the flood narrative is, is designed to be kind of a fulfillment number one of that curse of the uh, of the of the seed to Satan and the seed of the woman, and of course that's going to be fulfilled a couple more times ultimately through Christ. A couple other things that we might point out uh, in this text that perhaps we don't think about too much is that uh, notice uh, Eve's reaction whenever she is able to birth a child. And different translations are, of course, going to read differently. The CSB, for example, reads uh, her reaction in verse 1, I have had a male child male child with the Lord's help. Um, but notice that the NET translated that a little bit more ominously, I have created a man just as the Lord did. And so we have to allow for the Hebrew text to read a little bit differently, to be a little bit ambiguous there. There is a possibility that what the Hebrew text is doing, and maybe the NET is trying to draw this out, there's a difference between the birth of Cain and the birth of Seth, where by the end of the chapter, notice that she credits God a little bit more uh, clearly at the end of chapter 4, uh, where at the end of chapter 4, even the NET um, reads that uh, God has given me another child in place of Abel. Uh, so she um, she recognizes that Cain turned out poorly, that Abel was the child that needed to be replaced, uh, that there was no replacing Cain in that sense. Um, but in a way, Seth kind of was the second um, firstborn, that he kind of takes over the firstborn status in the way that the family is supposed to operate. Cain starts his own family. He is the head of his own family, and so uh, kind of he he is a second mankind in that sense. But Seth is a uh, is a new firstborn there. So maybe there is a a shift even in Eve's attitude from the first to the end, and maybe her pride in birthing Cain, if the NET is a is a, is a good understanding there, maybe her pride in birthing Cain is what influences Cain to act the way he does in perhaps a similar way that the, the pride of parents in Genesis over their children tends to cause problems. We, we find that most of the patriarchs ha, uh, show preference for certain children, and that tends to create animosity from amongst the children. And it may be that that was the case here, but by the end of chapter 4, it seems like maybe, maybe Eve has learned her lesson, and she's going to start crediting God, and then now... Uh, after she credits God, maybe she has a change of heart and attitude, and then that leads Seth and then his child, uh, Enosh, to then call upon the name of the Lord, or to worship God then in that generation. So it may be that even Eve herself is going through a transformation process, and she is perhaps able to do a better job with this uh, second set of children uh, than she, perhaps she did with, uh, with Cain in that first set there. The, uh, the line of Cain is then presented, uh, and I think it's important, and we don't often do this, but go ahead and chart out, get, get a piece of paper and chart out the list of the names. And so start with Adam at the top, 
and draw a list down, Cain, and then his successive children, Enoch and Mehujael and, and Methushael and Lamech, uh, so, and Irad and all them. So, so go ahead and trace that out. And then on the other side of the paper, do the same thing parallel, starting with Adam again, or maybe you can bump that up however you want. But go ahead and trace chapter 5 and the line presented there. You will find that the two lists are actually mirroring each other in many different ways. One of the ways they are mirroring each other is in very similar names. So on the one, one half, you're going to find the name Enoch, where on the other half, Seth's son, you're going to find Enosh, right? And so when you take that pattern, uh, you find very uh, similar parallels there. Some of them are perhaps a little bit different. But notice the, the, the similarity between men like, you know, Mahushael and Mahalalel or, um, you know, uh, uh, thing, things like that and, and, and uh, Jared and Irad, uh, the similarity of Lamech and Lamech. Now, those two men especially are supposed to mirror each other. Notice that the Lamech, the son of Cain, is highlighted. He's the end uh, uh, patriarch of, of, this, of this, uh, this line of Cain, perhaps representing all of the, the, the offspring of Satan in that sense. For he is a very wicked man. He's the first to take two wives against the pattern that God had established in chapter 2. And with these two wives, and by the way, that's always presented in a negative light throughout the Old Testament, and especially Genesis. It causes problems. And so the, he's the first to do that. Uh, he has multiple children and two children for, for each of the wives. Uh, even the names of the children and the names of the wife focus on more temporary, physical, uh, layered things. And the children also stand for they are the first two, or some translations say they are the father of uh, certain kinds of peoples. And and what we, what we see described by these children of Lamech is a lifestyle of, of peace and happiness on the earth. And the problem is not that peace and happiness is the problem. The problem is that they are settling down in a cursed world. And they are happy and growing comfortable living in a cursed world. And so I think what's this, this is trying to teach the Israelites that they need to be cautious and careful not to settle down and get so comfortable in this cursed world. One of the reasons why God wanted them to celebrate the Feast of Booths um, was to remind them of that very thing, that they would they would uh, uh, gather and live in tents for a week to remind them of the temporary nature of their lives that God provided for them in the wilderness um, and brought them into the land. But even the land itself was supposed to be temporary. They, they had to be cautious about physical things. So what happens when we set our minds and our, our, our focus of life and our goals on temporary things, what happens is we end up with the same family of Cain, with this outcome, a family that lives like this. And Lamech, this patriarch of this family, is going around killing people. Now, maybe it was just one person, but it may also be that he killed two people. I killed a man for wounding me and perhaps another young man for striking me. It's kind of hard to say, but... The text does like to, to draw on these duplicates, right? Two wives, uh, two uh, people murdered, perhaps, if that's the, the reading there. And notice that he likes to multiply the curses. He says, look, curse, uh, Cain was protected by God for his murder, and so now my double murder, I'm, I'm avenged even more so. 
Um, and so he's boasting in this. He's kind of happy somehow that he's done something so wicked that anybody who tries to avenge themselves on him is gonna is gonna get in even more trouble. So he's boasting in his wickedness and recognizing that it has it has increased sevenfold. Notice seven times over and seventy or uh, seven times over. So notice these this triple seven, seven in verse 24, and then 77 times as well listed there. That's the outcome. This ultra-perfect wickedness is what becomes of the line of Cain, and I think that's supposed to uh, symbolize the line of the Satan. Now the line of the woman, after she has repented, modified her outlook in life, her new line that's being presented in chapter 5, is uh, then going to be the line that results in Noah, who's going to be the savior um, of, of, the, uh, of the world. And so we trace that line down, and we also get to another couple significant people. So the seventh generation from Adam through Cain is Lamech, this cursed man, cursed 77 times. The seventh generation from Adam on Seth's side is Enoch a ultra-blessed man, a man who is taken up to be with God because he walked with God. Fewer people are ever given such praise as this, even though it's so short and simple. So yeah, the two lines of chapter 4 and 5 are mirroring each other in this sense. And then you come a couple generations down uh, from, uh, from Enoch, and you have another Lamech, and he births Noah and uh, praises the birth of Noah as the one who will free them now, I, I don't think Lamech really knew what he was saying. This may be one of those interesting unintended prophecies where Lamech, by this point in time, it seems like the world has already entered into its evils. Um, and so Lamech is probably looking for some kind of physical relief. Uh, that This may also be a form of boasting, just as the Lamech of Cain was boasting and looking for some kind of physical relief to overcome the curse of God, that we can somehow, that my child will somehow overcome God's curse. Now, the reality is that God will use Noah and Noah's righteousness to reset things and to be a deliverer, but it's not going to be in the way that they expect. But there is still a contrast in the family lines here, because notice how the first Lamech in chapter 4, 24 had seven and then 77 times of a curse. Notice the lifespan of this Lamech in chapter 5 was 777 years. I think an intentional parallel that both of these Lamechs have 777 as part of their configurations to contrast and to separate the two different lines. And then we get in the beginning of chapter 6 where we often are going to debate exactly who are these sons of God that take the daughters of men. Uh, I'll just be honest, I can go for two different options. Uh, the two prominent options suggested are that either are either angels uh, that are intermingling with mankind, or that this is the line of righteous individuals with the line of wicked individuals. Given the flow of the text, that second option is really, really appealing. The idea that we have now represented the line of the serpent uh, and the line of the woman, the sons of God versus the daughters of men, uh, those who are presented as beautiful 
Uh, remember the wives of Lamech and his own daughter. All three of those wives have some semblance of physicality uh, as part of their own names. So that might be a point that's being drawn out here. Other passages that we would cross-reference throughout Scripture really does draw me to think that these are, are likely angels. But uh, I, I don't think that we have to see that this is one or the other. It's, it's possible that the text is really trying to get us to think that uh, no matter which one you pick, uh, and even if both are applicable, uh, that the sons of God, if they are angels, are still representative of the same kinds of people who should be righteous, who should be following in God's footsteps, and who have, who then turn away from that proper domain and intermingle where they ought not. But both, is, the same can be said then of, of ri the righteous families of the earth who have also turned aside from following and worshiping God and have started inter intermingling with evil to the point that by the time we get to Noah in his genealogy starting in chapter 6 and verse 9, by the time we get to Noah, um, all the earth except for Noah is absolutely wicked. So no matter which one of those options of the sons of God you go with, I think you're going to result in the same end, uh, a same end point. So the point that the Israelites needed to see as they are receiving this message and hearing this is they have to be careful not to intermingle with the wicked nations. That the wickedness of the nations is like the wickedness of Cain. And that if they are to be drawn in, they who are supposed to be God's people, who are supposed to be sons of God now, out of Egypt I have called my son. Um, Israel was supposed to be the child, the son of God. And so they were supposed to keep themselves holy and separate from the pagan lifestyles of the world. And this is one of the things that they do struggle with most commonly. Uh, so they are kicked. Not only are they kicked out of the land that we saw back in chapter 3, uh, fulfilled in, of course, in the Babylonian captivity, but when they come back from Babylonian captivity, when we read the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, their integration with the wicked nations is a huge issue and a huge problem. And so even though they have this opportunity to come back, they're still making it harder on themselves by integrating with uh, the wicked peoples of the land. So this is going to be a constant struggle, a constant problem uh, in the days of Israel, intermingling, intermarrying with wicked influences. Uh, and so they need to be careful to keep themselves holy and separate. And then next uh, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verses 9 uh, through 22, uh, we're going to see the initiation of Noah's uh, command to build and God's uh, plan to then save mankind. And we're going to see a couple parallels even to the way that he chooses to uh, plan to save Israel in their distress also.